The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Good morning, church family, and welcome to our annual family service. So glad to have each and every one of you with us today. One of the things that makes this final service of the year so special is we invite all the children into the service with us. And so all the kids are in here uh, from kindergarten all the way up to sixth grade. And so we just want to say we are so glad uh, to have you in big church today. We're going to have a good time. Because of that, I'm going to do a few things a little bit different. Uh, uh, You think it's hard trying to keep you adults awake. Uh, Trying to keep the kids engaged is even an extra challenge. So we're going to do the best we can with that today and looking forward to it. How many of you find it hard to believe that we are at the end of this year? Isn't this crazy? The end of the, man, 2019 come to an end. Not only the end of the year, but the end of a decade. And uh, man, how many of you felt like, man, we just got, we just started rolling with this thing. And here all of a sudden we're at the end of another decade. And uh, this is a great opportunity for us to look forward into what God has for us. Well, today I want to speak on this subject of Christ in me. Now, because we've got the kids in here, I am going to need your help. So if you are anywhere from kindergarten to sixth grade, I need you to stand up right now. All right, all the kids, stand up. All right, don't be shy. Stand on up. All right, I'm going to, yeah, all of you guys want to stand up real quick because we, I'm talking to you. As I was praying and preparing, I was thinking of you and I don't often get to spend time with you guys because I'm always in big church and and I'm so thankful for our kids workers and uh, Miss Lydia and the teams and others who are weekly serving uh, with these teams and with these kids and we're thankful for them. So here's what I want you guys to do. All the kids right now, raise your hand real high. Raise your hand, raise your your hand real high. I'd like to get to know you guys a little bit and so I want you to get to know me. So I've got something I want to do. In fact, because of this, I'm going to have all the parents get involved, all the adults get involved. And so I want you all to raise up your right hands, raise up your right hands. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to know you. I want you to get to know me. And I know we don't have time to go around with all the kids and find out what their names are. So we're going to do this all at once. So what we're going to do in just a moment, on the count of three, we're going to pretend like we're shaking hands. Reach out, reach out all the kids, reach out toward my hand, reach out toward my hand. All the adults, you better be doing this too. All right, all right, all right. And to reach out, we're going to pretend like we're shaking hands, and we're going to say this. I'm going to count to three, and we're going to say, hello, my name is, and then what I want all the adults and all the kids to do is I want you to shout out your name one time, all right? We can't let this drag on forever, all right? So we're going to, we're going to go like this, all right? And then we're going to say, my name is, and then you kids are going to shout out your name, all right? Can we do this together? You guys know how this works? Okay, get your hands out real quick. Get your hands out, get your hands out, get your hands out. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three, say, hello, my name is Josh. All right, it was so nice to get to meet all of you. What, man, that was awesome. You see how quick we did that? Wasn't that great? You kids can be seated, all right? And uh, I hope some of you uh, adults got the names. You got it all figured out, and we are set ready to go. Kids, I want you to sit up straight. I want you to be paying attention because I'm going to, be, I'm going to actually choose a few of you to help me with my sermon today. Uh, usually, my wife helps me with my sermon. She writes it. Uh, she puts it all together. and she del- No, I'm just I'm joking. All right? But today, today, you guys are going to help me. All right? So I'm going to be looking for some kids. And you guys are going to come up on stage and help me with this. And we're going to do that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you a quick story. Some of you are familiar with it. And it's going to lead us to our text in the Gospel of John. Chapter number 16 is where we're going to be in just a moment. If you're visiting with us, we are so glad to have you here today. You 
are our honored guest. And uh, we're closing out a year. We're so glad for what God is doing in this place. And uh, on the inside of the uh, guest booklet that you should have received on your way in today, there's a little connection card at some point during the service. If you fill that out, we'd love to have a little record of your attendance. And uh, we'll be sure to send out just some information about things that we have going on in the church as we move into a brand new year. Before we get into our text, many of you are familiar with the person of Jesus Christ. Let me just kind of encapsulate this specifically for the kids. God, who was in heaven, he looked down on the earth and he saw a lot of people who were breaking his laws. He saw a lot of people that weren't living the way they needed to live. And God saw from heaven that these people who lived on the earth, they were going to need a savior to save them from the penalty and the consequences of their sin. He knew that no matter what the people here on earth tried to do, they could not be good enough to get to heaven. So what God did is God literally came to the earth in the form of a little baby. Do any of you kids know what that baby's name was? Raise your hand, raise your hand. What was the name of the baby? If you know it, shout it out real quick to me. Yes, all right, you got it right. Good job. His name was Jesus. When he was born, they put him in a little manger, and we celebrate that day Does any of the adults know the name of the celebration of Jesus' birth? Christmas. All right, you guys are smart. Man, you guys should be preaching this, all right? Jesus was born. He was literally not just a regular little baby. He was the God-man. Theologians refer to this as the hypostatic union. 100% God, 100% man. Think about that, kids. God, the creator of the universe the sustainer of everything that there is, the one who spoke all the planets and all the stars and all the animals and created everything. That God became a baby, became a little child. Now, when he lived, he was a little different than me. How many of you kids, you don't have to answer this question. I know your parents are around. How many of the kids, how many of you ever do something bad? Don't raise your hand, all right? I don't want to get you in trouble. But think about it. Have you ever done something bad? Have you ever done something wrong? Maybe, have, you ever, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever maybe been mean to your brother or sister? Now here's where Jesus was different. Because Jesus was God, he was perfect. He never did anything wrong. He never lied. He never was unkind. He never cheated. Jesus, because he was God, was absolutely perfect. How many of you kids think, man, I'm glad Jesus wasn't my brother? (laughs) How many of you would like to live with somebody who is perfect all the time, you know? Could you imagine your parents saying, why can't you be a little bit more like Jesus? He never does anything wrong. That'd be hard, wouldn't it? Jesus lived his whole life. He was perfect. He never did anything wrong. And then when he was 33 years old, all right? Now, I know to you that sounds really old, all right? Not too old. When he was 33, something happened to Jesus. He went to a cross. any of the kids, what did Jesus do on a cross? Does anybody know what he did? Yes, we got some smart theologians in here with high squeaky voices. (laughs) He, he He died. Now, why did he die? Jesus Christ died, not because he was a bad person. He didn't get killed because he was a horrible sinner or a criminal. You know why he died? He died. He died to take the punishment of your sin for you. How many of you think, man, wouldn't it be nice if, if, if whenever you did something bad, your brother got in trouble for you? 
I don't even think that would be cool. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. You did something wrong, and Jesus got in trouble for you. He went to a cross. He died. And then the Bible says three days later, he rose from the dead. This is really important. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, then he wouldn't be a god. So this Jesus lived a perfect life, died, rose from the dead, proving he was God. This is how we know Jesus was God. He rose from the dead, proving he was God, proving who he said he was. He did the miracles. He did these amazing things. And then after 40 days, there's something happens, and this is what gets us to the story. He goes, after he rises from the dead, and he goes and he ascends back into heaven. Can you imagine watching Jesus rise back into the clouds? And as he's going, he says something really important. This is really important. And this is our text that we're going to read today from the Gospel of John, chapter number 16, all right? Remember, this is Jesus speaking. For those of you who have a Bible with a red-letter edition, you'll know that what's about to be said, what we're about to read, is from the very lips of Jesus, this God-man, all right? So if you are physically able, I'm going to invite you to stand as we read our text here today from the Gospel of John, chapter number 16. Parents, pray for me. I'm going to try to take a very deep complicated theological perspective and try to make it make sense for little kids, all right? So you pray for me as I try to do this, all right? And we'll, we'll dive into it, okay? Here's what the Bible says in the Gospel of John, chapter number 16, verse number 5. It says, but now I, this is Jesus speaking, I'm going to go away to him who sent me. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to go back to the Father. I'm going back to heaven. I've lived here for 33 years. I'm going back. He says, none of you ask me, where are you going? He says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Jesus is saying, because I'm telling you, I've got to go back to the Father. He's ascending into the clouds. He's ascending back into heaven. And Jesus says, I know some of you are sad. I'm leaving. I did these miracles. I healed people. I did amazing things. I died on the cross for you. He says, I'm going, and now you're sad. But then he says in verse number seven, six here, he says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart, verse seven, nevertheless, all right? He says, I tell you the truth. He says, I'm gonna tell you something. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is saying, it's good for me, I'm gonna go. Kids, I want you to hear this. His friends were sad because he was leaving. And so Jesus tells his friends, hey, it's good for you that I go. He says, why? I want you to notice this here. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, notice this, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, if I go back into heaven, I will send the helper to you. Notice that that word helper is in capital letters. It's H, capital H, which means it's speaking about a person. This helper is none other than the very Holy Spirit of Christ. And so what Jesus is saying, he says, I'm getting ready to leave. And he says, it's good for you guys that I leave. He says, here's why. Because as soon as I leave, he says, my spirit is going to come down and fill the lives of every person who puts their faith in me. And Jesus says, this is why it's good. Because if I stay here in bodily form, I can only be at one place at a time. And if I'm in Jerusalem, I can only be in Jerusalem. And if I go over to another city like Bethlehem, I can only be in Bethlehem. And Jesus says, no, it's better that I go so I can send the 
helper. I can send the Holy Spirit of Jesus who can fill the lives of every single man, woman, boy, and girl. And I want to kind of unpack this because this is what separates Christianity from every other religion is the fact that God, Christ, is in me. And Christ can be in you. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive into our message this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that if there's a child here today, Lord, and they've never placed their faith in you, pray that today would be the day they, they are saved, where they become a believer. Lord, I pray if there's an adult in here who does not have the hope and promise of heaven, Lord, that today would be the day they are saved. I pray that you'd be with the children here, Lord, as they're in big church. I pray that you give them ears to hear. And Lord, I pray that they would help, help, help them to understand these deep truths of your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me and my lips to help, help me make sense of it all. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Okay? Here's the theme for this Bible study this morning. I'm going to put it up on the screens. That is this. Jesus doesn't want you to just live your life for him. Jesus doesn't want you just to live your life for him. Some people say, you got to live for Jesus. You got to live for Jesus. You got to live for Jesus. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus doesn't want you to live your life for him. Rather, Jesus wants to live his life through you. And there is a big difference. Kids, Christ, when he ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit. That is, Jesus' thoughts, he wants them to become your thoughts. His attitudes, he wants, he wants to live his attitudes through you. His feelings, he wants to live his feelings through you. His actions, he wants to live his actions through you. He wants to live his life through you. And that is the message of the gospel. So I'm going to give you four thoughts this morning, and I'm going to use some of the kids to help me out in just a moment. So I'm, I'm watching here, and I want you to pay attention, and we're going, to, we're going to dive into this a little bit in just a moment. Before I do, guys, I, I want to try to help you understand something called, this is going to be hard, I don't, I've been thinking of all week of how to do this, but the scripture and the Bible often uses metaphor. It uses symbolic language to help us understand spiritual things. How many of you recognize the spiritual realm is an invisible realm? We can't see it with our eyes. And so what the scripture does is it gives, us a lot of, it gives us a lot of metaphors, symbols to help us understand what is happening in the spiritual realm. So because the Bible uses metaphor and symbols, I'm also going to use some of those same metaphors. If you're some of the really little kids in here, sometimes this can confuse little kids because I'm going to talk about how, you know, where the scriptures talk about how Jesus is going to give us a new heart. And he talks about that. And some kids get really scared because they think God's going to rip out their heart and put a new one inside of them. And that metaphor scares them, all right? So just remember, this is a, it's kind of a parable of sorts. This is, this is visual imagery that God uses to help us understand these deep truths of the scripture. So we're going to start with this today, all right? And uh, for some of the little kids, they've got little notes they can play and color on, and we'll dive into it. So the first thing I want you to see is this. We're talking about Christ in me. I want you to see number one. First of all, I want you to see this, that Jesus wants his heart in me beating. Jesus' heart in me being, beating. Think about this for a moment. Here's what Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26 says. God says, I will give you a new heart. That's what he says. 
Kids, listen up. God wants to give you a new heart. He's not going to reach in and rip out your heart (laughs) and then stuff a new one in. But in the spiritual realm, the, the part of you that's invisible... The part of you that nobody else can see. How many of you kids, you have some feelings? You ever feel things, kids? You ever feel things? Yeah, some of you. How many of you get happy sometimes? You get happy? How many of you guys ever get sad? You have feelings. You have attitudes. You have thoughts. You have beliefs. The Bible says all of those things, that's, that's, that's your heart, the invisible part of you. God says, I want to put a new spiritual heart inside of you. Jesus says, I can make you feel new things, different things. I can give you a new attitude. I can give you new thoughts. I can give you new behaviors. We can't do that by ourselves. But when Jesus' spirit is living through us, we can do what we can't do by ourselves. That's what what the power of God can do through us. That's what the Holy Spirit can do through us. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. See, there are kids and they say, I can't be good. No matter how hard I try, I just, I seem, I feel like I'm always being bad. And here's what the Bible's saying is, yes, you sometimes might be bad, but God can put his spirit in you and he can help you do what you can't do yourself. That's what God can do. He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new spirit. He says, I'm going to take out the old heart, the, the heart that wants to do bad. You don't have to raise your hand, kids, but do you ever want to be bad? Do you ever want to be mean? Do you ever want to be sad? Jesus says, I'm going to take those things out and I'm going to put the good things in. Oh, he goes on to say, I'm going to put my spirit. This is that helper that Jesus was talking about. He says, I'm going to put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. He says, you're going to be able to do what you're supposed to do. You're going to be able to do the good things that that your parents want you to do and that you want to do to be positive and healthy. He says, I'm going to put that spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and you'll do them. You'll be able to do what's right, not because you're big and strong, but because God is in you and his heart is in you beating. That's what he says. Here's a quote for some of you adults. We don't need something new to do. We need someone to make us new. Think about that, adults. A lot of religions will say, do this and 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 do this. You don't need something new to do. You need someone to make you new. You need someone to change your desires. I know a lot of people running around, they're like, I got to be a better person. No, you need God to change what you want. That's the essence of Christianity. The essence of Christianity is not changing what you do. It's changing what you desire. That's what the Spirit of God can do. When He puts this new heart in you, He can make you, He can change what you like and what you don't like. He can change your motivations, what drives you. He can change your values and what's important to you. He changes you from the inside out. And so there's this person that said, I could never be a good Christian. I could never live like that person lives. I could never do those things that those people are doing. And God's saying, Yes, you can't, but I can, and I want to do it through you. He changes us from the inside out. Kids, how how many of you, you can be honest if you want to raise your hand, how many of you kids, you don't like, you don't like broccoli? Any kids don't like broccoli? Oh, we got some of the adults that are honest. I should have picked something harder. Man, all you moms are teaching your kids to be all healthy. (laughs) What if, kids, if I could make like vegetables 
and broccoli and lima beans. What if I could make them all taste like ice cream? Would that be cool? Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty awesome. What if I could change your taste buds and make you want what you don't want right now? My friend, that's what God does. He changes something inside of you. He changes your taste buds. He changes your desires. He changes what you want to. And before, before you were a Christian, you were like, I don't want to be good. I don't want to live right. I don't even desire those things. And God says, I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to give you new desires. I'm going to give you new values. And now what used to taste like broccoli and what used to be hard to swallow, it's going to be good and you're going to like it. That's what God does. Why? Because his heart is in me beating and I want what he wants. You say, how, how do I get this heart? Do I have to go to the doctor and get my heart cut out and a new heart put in me? Is that how we get this heart? Yeah. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. All you have to do, the Bible says, in fact, all you have to do is come with, this is interesting, childlike faith. Do you realize, kids, listen to this. God says that your parents have to become like a kid to experience Jesus. God says, you know what? It's kids that understand how the spiritual realm works. And if you come with childlike faith, just believing that what Jesus did, he did for you, you can be saved. His heart in you beating. Now, because we're with kids, I, I need you guys' help, okay? Because I want you to remember this, all right? So we're going to get some of our kids to help us out and... Uh, so if you want to be a part, you sit up straight, you listen, all right? Because I, I want to use a few of you here. Uh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to start with my son. So Anderson, why don't you jump up here real quick, real quick, okay? I want you to get this. All the kids, you ready? This is my son, Anderson. He's not really a kid anymore. He, he officially became a teenager this month, so, but he's going to help me out anyways, all right? And so we're going to use some of the teens and some of the kids. Hold this. Okay, here's what I want you guys to do. Take your right hand real quick. Kids, follow me. Take your right hand, all right? First thing we're going to talk about, I want you to do this and put the hand over your heart. Make it beat like a heart. Go like this and say, Jesus' heart in me beating. Say that, all right? Jesus' heart in me beating. Say it one more time. Everybody together. You help me out here. Ready? Jesus' heart in me beating. All right? This is where it starts. When we, by faith, believe Jesus, Jesus' heart is in me beating. You can be good there for a moment. I'm going to need you to help me out, all right? Pay attention. I know you like this. This is good stuff, all right? We're going to get some other kids to join him in just a minute, all right? So, secondly, here's a second statement. Not only do we see Jesus' heart in me beating, secondly, I want to say this. Jesus' ears in me hearing. Jesus' ears in me hearing. Here's what Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand and whenever you turn to the left hand, you'll hear the Spirit of God saying, this is where you should go. So not only do we need Jesus' heart in us beating, but we need Jesus' ears in us hearing. Do you realize that God wants to speak to us through his word? Kids, think about it. The God who created you, the God who made you, wants to talk to you. Are you listening? Are you listening to God? Is Jesus' ears in you listening? He wants to. He wants to. There was a lady by the name of Helen Keller. I think I've got a picture of her right here. And Helen Keller was very interesting. Helen Keller, when she was born, she couldn't see. In fact, it was even more 
strange than that. Not only could she not see, but she also could not hear. So all of us, I want us, I want us to imagine what it, was, what it would be like, okay? So we're going to try not to make any sound. I want everybody in here just to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. No sound. Try to be perfectly quiet for just a moment. And I want you to imagine what it would be like to be Helen Keller. Now imagine for your entire life never being able to see with your physical eyes and never being able to hear with your physical ears. And Helen Keller, when she was a kid, it was really hard on her, but she had a teacher who loved her and learned to communicate with her using her hands and using touch. And later on in her life, she signed something. She communicated something, and this is what she said. The only thing worse than being blind is having physical sight but no vision to see with. There are some people who can see with their physical eyes but they really aren't seeing what's going on. They only think they are. They're seeing colors and they're seeing images and yet the Bible says there are some people who really can't see. Matthew chapter number 13 verse 16 says this, Blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears, for they hear. There are some people who have eyes, but they're not really seeing. They're not really seeing what's going on. They don't really get what's happening. And Jesus says, when you have my eyes, and you're seeing with my eyes, you, you get to really see what's happening. You get a clear perspective. There's not confusion as to what's going on around you, because you're seeing things through God's perspective. You can see the needs of those around you. You're seeing with eyes of love. You know, there are some people who walk through the mall and all they see is they see the toys and they see the games and they see the clothes and they don't see people who are hurting. They don't see people whose hearts are sad. They don't see people who need to be loved. They don't see people who need Jesus because they're not seeing with Jesus' eyes. You know what Jesus' eyes sees? Jesus' eyes sees people. He loves them. He sees needs. The Bible says when Jesus saw the multitude, his heart was moved with love. Why? Because he could really see. A lot of us adults, we, we get distracted and all we see is our ambitions. All we see is, man, the next thing we want to buy. The only thing we see is how much money we can have in a bank account. The only thing we see is the things we want. And we forget to see that this world is filled with people who need to know God's love. So we need Jesus' eyes in me seeing. I skipped an entire point here, guys, so I appreciate you holding with me in the back. All right, so we're just going to roll with it. We'll go backwards. Um, let's, let's pull, let's pull somebody here. Let's, uh, Lydia, you want to help me? Lydia Goldsboro. All right. <laughs> she, she like, no. All right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. She's coming on up here. Ding, right here. I'm going to hold that up. 
So let's do this real quick, all right? Take your kids, get your hands out. So we have, say it with me, Jesus' heart in me beating, Jesus' eyes in me seeing. We're going to go a third one just to speed this along because I am running out of time. Who do we have? Who do we have right here? I got to pick on one more. Who can I pick on now? Bronwyn, you want to help me out? All right. I guys, I hope you're following with us here. Okay, we're going to say this together. Okay, kids, say it with me. Christ in me. We have, put your hand up. Jesus' heart in me beating. All right. Put your hands over your ears. Jesus' ears in me hearing. Jesus' eyes in me seeing. And Jesus' ears in me hearing. All right, you guys... You're like, Pastor, you got to get it together. I'm not used to speaking to these kids. Lastly, all right? Lastly, Jesus' voice in me speaking. Jesus' voice in me speaking. Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21 says this. You ready? It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. See that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. One person said it this way. One kind word can change someone's life for good. Kids, do you let the kindness of Jesus' words come from your mouth? Or do your words, are they complaining words? Or are they mean words? Or are there words of love? All right, why? Because when Christ, when we allow his words to come from our lips, they're kind words. They're loving words. They're positive words. Not complaining not mean. Why? Because Jesus speaks life. Life is in the power of your words. One more here. Need a a boy. Who who wants to help me out? You want to help me out here? Yeah, come on up. Let's do this. All right. Okay, hold this up. I need to sit right there. All right. So now this one, this one, Jesus' voice in me seeing. All, everybody together say this with me, all right? Jesus' voice in me speaking. Everybody up here, everybody out here, one more time. Jesus' voice in me speaking. All right, let's do all three of them. What does it mean when Christ is in me? All right, everybody up here and everybody down there, let's do it together, see if you can remember. Jesus' heart in me beating. Jesus' eyes in me seeing. Jesus' ears in me hearing, and Jesus' voice in me speaking, all right? Let me tell you one last story, and we'll be done. There was a missionary one time who was a missionary to the Native American Indians, and he saw one of the Indian chiefs get saved. This Indian chief put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be his savior. And once he got saved, this missionary taught him that Christ, now his spirit lived in him and Christ's heart was in him beating and Christ's eyes were in him seeing and Christ's ears were in him hearing and Christ's voice was in him speaking if he would allow it to happen. And so this Indian chief, he started reading the scriptures and one day he came to the missionary and he said this. He said, missionary, he says, sometimes I feel I feel like there's two wolves inside of me. A black wolf and a white wolf. 
He says, I feel like they're fighting. He says, there's a part of me that wants what Jesus wants, but he says, there's another part of me that wants what I want for myself. And he says, sometimes I feel this tension inside of me. I, sometimes I want to do right, and sometimes I want to do wrong. Sometimes I want to be good, and sometimes I want to be bad. And he said, there's this black wolf and this white wolf, and I feel like they're always fighting with each other. And the missionary said, well, which of the wolves tends to win the fights? And the Indian chief said, well, I think it's the one that I feed the most. And the missionary said this. He says, I, yeah, he says, I understand what you're saying, but he says, I, I want to clarify something for you. Yeah, you have a flesh, a black wolf, and you also have a spirit, the spirit of Christ, this white wolf in you, but he says, let me clarify something. He says, the white wolf, he's big, and he's strong. He's powerful. He's way more powerful than the little black wolf. See, the black wolf, he's already been defeated. He's weak. He's like a puppy. He's small. So I want you to understand that the white wolf always has the advantage because the white wolf is Jesus. But guys, which one do you feed? Do you feed your spirit or do you feed your flesh? Which one wins? Give these guys a hand as they head back to their seats. They did a good job, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You have a seat. So we'll end where we started. Jesus doesn't want you to live your life for him. Because no matter how hard you try, you'll probably end up failing. Jesus wants you to surrender and let him live his life through you. And there's, it sounds like just nuance. It sounds just like semantics, but there's a vast difference. Every religion is filled with people trying to live for God. But it never works. It never works. It is only when you surrender in humility and say, it's not my way, but it's God's way. God, you live your life through me, your, your heart beating in me, your mouth speaking through me, your ears hearing through me, your mouth speaking through me. God, I want you to change what I want. I want you to change what I desire. I want you to change what I crave. I want you to change what I want to do. I want God to be in control. That's what it means to let Christ live in you. And here's how we'll end it. Allow Jesus' spirit to live through you. He does a far, far better job living your life than you could live on your own. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.